Hello, everybody. Welcome to Potter Time. This is our second episode, season one, episode two, if you will. I'm Ryan Lindley, joined by Eric Myers. And Eric, we got an exciting show today. We're talking wrestling, boys basketball, girls basketball, a little about girls basketball postseason, and a few clips from Coach Becker talking about the girls' season as well. Yeah, definitely. It's a very exciting time of the year, right? We're starting to go into girls' playoff basketball. Regionals are humming, sectionals. Boys are right there on the cusp, which we're going to dig into a little bit. Um, and as Ryan said, we're going to get into the end part there where we really start with Coach Becker and what does the potential Lady Potters run to state look like? Yeah, absolutely. Very excited about that. First, let's start wrestling. And it's a really good regional for the Potters wrestlers. Think about four wrestlers advancing to sectionals and another as an alternate. If you're Coach Pritchard, you got to feel pretty good about where the team is. Definitely. I don't know what the expectations were going into this, but we have four guys like Coach Lindley said there, Connor Kidd, Corey Hoyle, Tristan Parker, and then Orrin, Orrin Gray made it as well. I'll move on to sectionals uh, this Friday night at Muscatua High School. Not sure what it's looking for the Potters there, but it looks like it should be pretty good. I know Tristan and Corey are pretty excited about moving forward and hopefully uh, taking that berth on a state, right? Yeah, I mean, it's a long trip, right? But, I mean, both – I mean, and again, obviously Connor, Corey, Tristan, and Owen, and then Ethan Gray is an alternate, so if anybody would go down, then he gets a chance to wrestle. But I know you said Tristan and Corey especially seem really excited about the opportunity that's ahead of them, and it would be obviously awesome just to send a couple guys to state – and one of the things, folks, if you've never seen it, like the IHSA wrestling state finals is one of the most spectacular things when all the wrestlers come in. It's one of those moments that's just really memorable, and it'd be pretty cool to get a couple of potters there. Always cool to get potters at state championships. There's nothing wrong with that. So let's move on. Boys basketball this weekend, Ryan. It was a very interesting time. We go into the weekend last weekend. In first place, the Middle Line Eye. Two big, big, big games against uh, conference foes. We didn't f- fare so well, did we? No, unfortunately, the Potters <coughs> dropped, dropped two games at Pekin, 54 31 is the final score. And then at, or excuse me, Washington was at home, but either way, Potters lost that one 45 38. Eric, you were at both those games. Just kind of what do you see? What's something that maybe the Potters need to work on? Is obviously the season's not over yet. They're still seven and three in the league, still in second place. So Coach Franks is in a position where he can still win that title if obviously the Potters rebound from what's kind of a tough weekend. So what do you think needs to be improved? Yeah. So with the Peking game Friday night, Peking came out ready to play. It seemed like they came out running and gunning, uh, hitting their shots. We couldn't get the ball in the hole to save our life. It seemed like uh, Goodman got into foul trouble pretty early. Got frustrated kind of disrupted the flow of the game a little bit, and we just couldn't hang on to the ball long enough to put the ball in the hole, which was kind of brutal. Pekin was honoring, you know, one of their coaches and alumni, Jeremy Crouch, there got inducted into the Bradley Hall of Fame over the weekend, which is a huge deal. Congratulations, Coach, if you listen to this. Um, but we just struggled. Offensively, couldn't stop them. They got a lot of second-chance points, and they really could do whatever they wanted with the Potters. It just looked like the Potters mentality just wasn't there. I do know a couple of the guys were also battling some illness there. Uh, Josiah Getz was pretty sick that day. He's Still out sick today, a couple days later. So it wasn't a great game for us. We tried, we tried, we just we just couldn't put it all together. Good news is we bounced back with a little more vengeance on Saturday night versus Washington at home. Yeah, I think so. I mean, the thing is, the Washington game was a good game. Washington made more plays late, which resulted, obviously, in the 45-38 win for the Panthers. But if you look at that ball game, it was a wire-to-wire game. It was one of those things where it felt like for the Potters, they were in the game all the way, but they couldn't quite get over the hump. Washington did lead from wire to wire. They scored the first basket and led the rest of the way. But the Potters got within one multiple times and just 
for whatever reason, whether it was a missed shot, a turnover at an unfortunate time, maybe sometimes even an official's call that you would have wished had gone the other way. But whatever seemed to happen, whenever the Potters were down one, it seemed like they had an empty possession and Washington got the ball back and next step in the week. And that's exactly what happened. At the end of the fourth quarter, it was a one-point, one-possession ball game right there, and Washington took the ball. They broke the press down the court, had the guy wide open for three, hit the the three ball from the side arc there, and it just kind of deflated the Potters. We came down, turned the ball over, threw the ball out of bounds, and it just was downhill from there. Washington made their free throws at the end of the game and kind of put the game out of reach there. Yeah, I think that's a great point. Talk about the free throw shooting. I mean, that was one of the things that stood out to me watching Washington was how consistent they were from the free throw line. You know, you're looking at it from the Potters' side, just hoping miss here and give us a chance. It seemed like the Panthers never did that. They definitely did. Um, so now as we pr- transition out of boys basketball, going into the girls basketball, let's uh, let's hear this Colin Roach three. Yeah, this was, a big, this was a big moment in the game on Saturday night. P- brought the Potters back within three points. Colin Roach got in off the bench and immediately made himself an impactful player on the offensive end. Brown playing catch now with Colin Roach. Now Colin's going to move to initiate the offense a little bit here. Durbin finds Gudeman. Roach, wing three is on the way, and that one's good for Colin Roach. Good ball movement right there. Later in the possession by the Pops. Huge, huge turn of events here. Back here on Potter Time, you heard that Colin Roach three. And speaking of three-point shooting, we'll talk girls basketball now, where that has been one of the key aspects of the season for Lady Potters all the way through. They're coming off three straight wins, which we would expect, considering they've won 30 in a row this season, 30-0 record. Very impressive, right? Yeah, I would take 30-0 most seasons. Um, Nobody's going to turn that down. (laughs) that's, That's it. Now, the funny thing is, right, of course, their goals are bigger. You know, they've already won the middle line eye. They still have one more game to play. That's senior night. We'll talk about that in a little bit on Friday against Dunlap. But, Eric, what it really comes down to, Potter seem to consistently get out early and then never look back in these games. Yeah, I mean, just look at, look at Canton, for example. Last Tuesday night, we won 66-19. Uh, score's not overly important, but we got out to this fast start. As Coach Lindley's talking about 24 to nothing in the first quarter. We just don't look back. Same big start versus Pekin. Continued in, coach shows out, gets everybody some playing time, which is a positive going into the season, which we're going to get Coach Becker's thoughts on uh, with some trials and tribulations of injuries continuing through the Lady Potters. And then even the other night versus Lambstone. Another fast start, first quarter 35-3, to up again. uh, Very physical game, as we pointed out. Um, and then another injury happens in all these games. Are the Lady Potters going to be healthy enough to push through to state? Yeah, and I think that's the, probably the thing if you're a Potters fan it, looking at it from our point of view, right? Lady Potters are so talented. They've got so much depth. But the adversity is hit repeatedly, right? Raquel Franks goes down with an injury. We don't know necessarily the severity of that at this point, but she left the game. She's, you know, the second player to have some sort of knee injury. We know at least there was an ice pack on her knee. So Maddie Becker's out with an ACL. Raquel goes down. Peyton Deering has missed, a game, missed that last game against Limestone as well. And you just think about it. Potters are so talented. There's so much depth. You know they got the ability to win. But it's just hard when you have consistent injuries. Yeah, it's consistent when you put out different five people every single time. The good thing for the Potters is we got out to those fast starts. But where's the consistency? What's going to happen when we get into this late playoff uh, regional sectional run? Are these people coming back? Are they going to come back? Is that going to disrupt the flow? Are they going to be in shape? Are they going to lose that? It's going to be tough for the Potters, and I know Coach Becker's struggling with some of these things right now, right? Right, and I think the thing is, the great thing is he'll say it here when my colleague Todd Bisping asked Coach about the 
dealing with adversity on one of our broadcasts. We're going to play that clip for you here in a second. But the one thing with Coach, and I'll let him say it because he'll say it better than me, but is how much this team plays for each other and how much – because, and really because of the depth and because Coach uses a lot of players, how much when somebody gets called off the bench, that player seems to be ready to go, gives the Lady Potters maybe an advantage compared to other teams that have suffered the same injury issues. Definitely a huge advantage when everybody on your bench can play uh, and really play. They're not just coming in and take a spot and breathe air. They're actually playing hard. The Potters do not give up at all. So you ready to hear from Coach? Yeah, let's listen. This is, again, my colleague Todd Bisping at MPTV asked Coach about dealing with adversity. It's been, obviously, a recurring theme this season, and here's what Coach Becker had to say. You know, keep players, but keep everybody engaged to make that happen. Because, you know, that, that's, a, that's a tough thing to do, but you can, you can tell that you know, these girls care about each other, and that's, that's part of it. So how do, you, how do you adapt to something like this that continues to happen to you guys every year? I mean, that's, uh, it's, it's definitely challenging. And I'm sure that every time somebody – graduates or gets hurt everybody on our schedule like hey the door is open a little bit more now is the time to get Morton but uh, you know I, I think that our kids we challenge them every day 1 through 16 to be at their best you never know when the old coach is going to call your number and, and really the, the question is are, have you prepared the right way so that when you are called upon that you are actually prepared and ready um, and it, and it's just, you know, a lot of teams will say that next kid up, next player up. Um, but I really think they just, they truly embrace what you call the, the sisterhood, and they, they love each other. They don't want to let each other down. Uh, they're so competitive. <laughs> They've got yeah, such cool. a pride factor. Uh, they're resilient and tough, and it's kind of been in that championship Potter DNA for years and years that, you know what, we're not going to make excuses. Uh, we're going to, we're just going to find a way together and, and keep battling and, you know, if somebody beats us, they're going to have to play very well and they're going to have a team in the Potters that are going to go down with a heck of a fight uh, at the end. I mean, someday someday we may lose, <laughs> hopefully not in the near future. <laughs> I'm just really proud of our kids, though, because it is a special thing. I mean, it, I don't know how many teams you could take away. They're arguably their best player, their leading scorer. They're maybe they're our top two shooters. Uh, we've had injuries, we've had all kinds of adversity, and they just continue to amaze me. And That's something that we're all about. We talk about it. Uh, basketball is a, a great game, but it definitely mirrors life. I mean, there's going to be things thrown at us, curveballs, that maybe it's not fair. <laughs> we don't know why, but there's a plan out there for us all. And, and how we respond, how we deal with it is the, the most important thing. And at the end of the day, you know, why are we playing this game? It's not, I mean, it's not about making baskets or any of that. It's it's totally about each other, absolutely, and that's neat to be a part of. And uh, I, our kids are going through a lot. And teenagers are, are are throwing a lot, but they're growing up quickly, and they're learning a lot about this. And I learn a lot from them every day, to be completely honest. There you go. There's Coach Becker talking about dealing with adversity. And one of the things that really stands out, though, as we look at the season as a whole for Lady Potters, is we talked about how good this team is, how much talent they have, and really how amazing the senior class is, right? This is a senior class that hasn't lost a Mid-Illini game, that has, I believe right now they're sitting at a 128-7 record in their high school career. Just it, the numbers are almost mind-boggling, really. It's it's really astronomical. Most of them are going on uh, to play basketball or another sport. So that's the other cool thing about the Lady Potters is they're also talented other sports going to scholarship athletes to soccer, ISU. It's, uh, it's another amazing thing. And 
Senior night is Friday. Yeah, Are they ready? Senior night is Friday, and I think they'll be more than ready to go for that. And one of the other things, and it's great, you know, from our perspective, obviously getting to know these these players, not just as student athletes, but as students, they're awesome kids as well. And Coach Becker talked about that on one of our MPTV broadcasts as well. So we'll let him talk about his seven-player senior class in his own words here. You, you talked about that one last game. Let's talk a little bit about Friday night, senior night. I mean, this is obviously a special senior group. Just say a little bit about that group of kids and how special they, they are. Yeah, I've been trying to – a lot A lot of things come to mind because I've known a lot of our seniors. I mean, we got a, a seven-kid senior class, and, and most – I mean, all of them except for Peyton are, are home-growing yeah. Morton kids. That I Many of them I've known since kindergarten, first grade, and I've gotten to see them develop into just really – you know, young women that have such bright futures. They're, I mean, they've been great on the court, but it's, it's, I mean, they're awesome in the classroom. They're awesome in the community. They're just such great, mature, growing up young ladies that uh, there's so many things that go through my mind. I mean, we've had so many laughs together. We've had tears together. We've had successes. We've had times where I've yelled at them and challenged them and, and they've responded and they've, uh, I mean, there's nothing I want to do more than come in the gym and, and see our team and our kids, but this senior group in particular that I have complete trust in. Uh, we've got a rapport and relationships that are going to last, I hope, a lifetime where, uh, you know, when they get married, like Brooke, maybe they'll invite their old coach and, and we'll be able to touch base. But it's kids that we've been through it. We've, we've grown up together, and I've learned so much from them that, I owe them a huge thanks, and uh, I hope we pack this place on Friday night because those kids deserve it. Um, they are winners through and through, but they're completely more special as people, and uh, it's a group that I'm, I mean, I'm attached to, um, and I, oh, they're all awesome in their in their own way, but collectively they've been <laughs> off the charts incredible, uh, and I've just group. been happy and, and fortunate to be a small part of their life and their development as their coach. And I'm proud to say that. And I would recommend them for jobs, for anything. That, I mean, these kids are, are kids that are going to make it. All right. So, Ryan, here we go. Possible postseason 3A opponents for the Mort Lady Morton Potters. We have a, a decent uh, regional here in Washington going through the Rock Island sectional and then Kankakee for the super sectional. What's it looking like on our end? Yeah, you know, you never want to presume too far out. But, you know, that's something, obviously, as a coach, you'd never want to do. As a player, you don't really want to do. I think as a broadcaster, we're allowed to look ahead a little bit more. It's, it's part of our job, right? It's right, more fun. Right, exactly. So, I mean, and i got to give another thank you to the MPTV folks. This is Ralph Mattia, who's our statistician on our broadcast of the Lady Potters, who put together some information that we're going to use here to talk through this. But like you said, regional at Washington and what most people would expect is a Morton Washington regional final. Potters will play the winner of East Peoria and Streeter in their first regional game. Washington's going to take on the Sal Peru. Washington is, is a really young team, but a very talented team. Lady Potters have beaten them twice during the regular season. But, you know, one of the things that I just kind of stands out to me as I look at that game is, right, Washington is at home. Washington usually packs that place, especially for games against Morton, if they bring their band, that gym will get loud. And I would just encourage the Potters fans to get themselves over there to be part of this too. Definitely. I think this is uh, the one time that we can get, you know, the whole Clay Nation over there 
you know, we're trying to put this new hashtag out here. So we're going to, we're going to sample it on our podcast. Clay Nation. You know, that's what we're the Mormon Potters. Our mascot is Clay. So we need to get the Clay Nation over to the Washington gym uh, for that regional final. It's a big, it's a big game for both teams. Yeah. Huge game for both teams. And so again, you look at that Potters, you know, probably would of course be the favorite at 30, you know, they're going to be the favorite in any game that they play trying to get, you know, another state championship, you know, Fill, fill out the hand with championship rings. They'll be number five if they can do it. And so then they, we look at like what's to come down the road. So they play the winner of the Canton Regional. The two top teams at Canton are Richwoods and Geneseo. These are, again, both teams the Potters have beat earlier this year, but both top ten teams in Class 3A. So it's it's one of those things where it's not going to get easy no matter what. Yeah, we played Richwoods at the very beginning of our season, so both teams have had the time to mature, and Richwoods looked like they got a little bit better throughout the season from the highlights that I've seen. Um, so that could be a very touch matchup. Haven't really followed Geneseo that much, but – like Mr. Lindley said, it's going to be a tough one yeah. either way. We're again pack the house. Yeah, absolutely, and that's all the way out at Rock Island. But it's good. It's a good place to watch a basketball game. There's yeah. nice gym out there. Um, and then you look at some of the other teams that could be sectional opponents, right? For a potential sectional final, Rock Island is going to have to play Peoria Central. Central's really good. They're a top-notch defensive team. Really like the intensity that they bring on the defensive end. So Rock Island's going to be motivated to try to get back home for the sectional. Central's got the opportunity to knock them off and maybe capture uh, that opportunity to play for a sectional title. But to think about that game. Two physical lady yeah. basketball teams. Yeah. Central plays, the, they pass the Rock, they play hard. And we saw Rock Island play here a couple yes, weeks ago yes. versus our Lady Potters. And that was a very physical game. Probably the most physical game that our Lady Potters had faced in a while. And we had a couple ladies out. Um, that was a great game here, but it really battle tested us, gave us that test. Are we really as good as we think we are? Uh, I almost want to go to that Central Rock Island game, right? That'd yeah. be great. Made it a fantastic game, like you said, very physical. And then the other regional that, again, potentially, depending on how it works out, could be a sectional final opponent. You have Kankakee and Metamora are the two top teams at the Kankakee regional. I mean, obviously, the first instinct is going to be Kankakee at home. Metamora has to make a long trip. One thing I will say, and this may be middle line I bias, is the Redbirds are another really young team that has clearly gotten better Throughout the year, you look at them, maybe they're that upset team that, with a lot of freshmen and sophomores playing, is playing at their highest level when they hit the postseason. Yeah, they just got to want it more than the other team, right? That's exactly it. And Kankakee is, again, they have the advantage of playing at home, but they also went through a coaching change. And sometimes, you know, and I'll be honest, I haven't done a ton of research on the Kankakee coaching staff, but sometimes when you go through that coaching change, if you have a coach that hasn't been in those postseason games as much, maybe that's something where a more experienced coach like Brianna Morrow at Metamore is can take advantage of that. Yeah, she'll definitely have them ready to play. Yeah, absolutely. So moving on to our super sectional. So if we get out of that, uh, we're going on the Kankakee super sectional, which – uh, hopefully we get there. Yeah, this okay. is where it starts to get a little bit interesting as far as matchups go. We're starting to get some different competition from outside our region. Yeah, you know, the basically south suburban teams, right? Our, the, our Rock Island sectional would feed into the Hillcrest super or Hillcrest sectional in the Kankakee super sectional, right? So the two top teams there are Rich South and Marion Catholic. Again, obviously that's a long way away. There are a couple other teams. I think a Providence Catholic who plays a really tough schedule, doesn't have as good a record that maybe could be somebody that comes out of that. But you look at that and you know, when you get out of your regional, you get out of your sectional, you start playing some of those different types of teams. One of the things that always is interesting is how does a game 
get, how does the game play? You know, certain teams in certain areas of the state play games that are really wide open. Some teams are more paint dominated. Sometimes officials in certain part of the state call it tighter. Some officials let it play. So there's always some little nuances when you leave that area where you play most of your games. Yeah. And hopefully, obviously, since we've been here a couple of times before, we should be used to that yes. by now, right? So brings up a good point, though, is being prepared to play in other courts and, you know, getting our fan nation, that clay nation behind us and supporting our, supporting our Lady Potters as we move forward, uh, playing some bigger schools on the south side, south suburbs of Chicago. We get through all that. Next, we're going to these state semis. What, yeah. are, we, what are we looking at there? Yeah, now you're really putting it on me to make make a prediction. But um, let's, well, we'll just go over here. Just predict it all the way out when we got this. Through. I mean, we don't know a lot about these teams, yeah. do we? I mean, we know maybe a little bit about Sacred Heart Griffin, Decatur MacArthur. Some close, they're yeah. close to us. Yeah. They're going to be in some different super sectionals. But take us out. Yeah, you know, run us I'm, home. Get I us mean, out. so kind of if you look at it right, like we're most we are going to play the winner of the Springfield Super Sectional if we make it. The Kankakee Super Sectional plays against the winner of the Springfield Sectional. I mean, again, if if you want me to make a prediction, my first instinct is probably Sacred Heart just because they play in Central State 8. Central State 8 has teams like Rochester and Uhi that are perennial powers in you know, high school girls basketball, they're the type of, they have that type of schedule that gets them battle tested for the postseason. That's one thing Coach Becker has done with Lady Potters that gives our team an advantage, right? We don't back down from anybody on our schedule. Sacred Heart played in the state final four last year, lost to Glenbard South in one semifinal. But again, experience, tough schedule. They're a team that I would definitely keep my eye on. Great coaching. They could play the game in multiple ways. They could play fast, they could play slow, they could hit it from the outside, they could pound it inside. They're truly all uh, faceted team. I've I've seen them play once. Yeah, absolutely. And then if you really want me to jump ahead, we'll talk state finals. Let's say let's that, rock it out. Yeah, let's say the Lady Potters get through to the state finals. So the other side of that bracket, of course, is the suburbs because if you've got you've got you know going out west and with our Rock Island sectional, and then going the other direction, obviously with the Kankakee super sectional, and then obviously we talked about Springfield for one one super sectional. So the two super sectionals that are left are the two northern ones. So so the big question is who are we playing in the state championship game? If I had to guess, if I had to guess, I'd go with Lombard Montini. And part of that, honestly, is just respect from the coaching standpoint. Jason Nichols is another guy like Coach Becker that's got multiple state titles. And, you know, when, when I'm forced to make predictions, I usually go with the most successful coach. Yeah, but I'm going to make the final prediction because the Lady Potters are going to go and win another state championship. Say, get number five, right? One for the thumb, as it were, on those state rings. Definitely. So that wraps up our second episode here of Potter Time. We're working on bigger and better things. As always, if you want more from us, you can always respond to us. We're on anchor.fm. We're trying to get on iTunes. It just takes some time. We'll get there. Uh, you can email both of us through the high school. We're both on Twitter, emyers35 and, and Arlen's12. So either way, make contact with us. Tell us you know, if you've got an idea for maybe a segment or something like that. Obviously, we're open to suggestions. And number one, though, get out and support the Potters. Make sure that Clay Nation travels. Lady Potters have a lot of tough games coming up. Our final home game is Friday night versus Dunlap, 7 o'clock senior night. Uh, get the Clay Nation out there, as many people as possible. Support our teams. Our boys got a couple games left, and then we'll be talking about regionals. Uh, our next episode is actually going to be on game ball runs. That's right. That's right. Hopefully you get a chance to talk with Potter's head coach, Matt Franks, and a few of the other notable people involved in game ball run. And obviously that's one of the biggest events each year in Morton District 709. So obviously we're excited to share a little bit about that. Yep. And that would be wrap us up for episode number two. Thanks for listening. Have a great day. Ball is knocked around Courtney Jones over to Hobson. Three on the way. 
That one's good as well. Maggie Hobson now 11 points here in the first quarter. And she's shooting with confidence tonight, Ryan. That was, uh, she had her she had her feet set. She was squared up, and uh, she didn't have a lot of time to get that one off, but she still shot it with confidence. And again, she's hitting nothing but the bottom of the net tonight. 